show my name is shipwreck and i will be your hostess with the mostest and tonight we've got on brand spanking new guest birthday girl freely ashley my friend how are you tonight i am doing very good thanks so much for having me on thank you so much for coming on you guys welcome to live little wolf and lacy leroy sonny brown freedom fighters angie and amy lewis and all of the rest of you guys on rumble welcome to the live it's good to see you if you could do me a quick solid and smash the like button before we get started that would be awesome i appreciate it Hello, Katie. It's good to see you. Ashley, thank you. Thank you for being here. Ashley is a YouTuber. She has, you have over 100, just reached 100 and some odd thousand subscribers on YouTube and some magical universal YouTube career that you never knew you wanted. Um, she and she does her, most of your content is, is, is around being a former leftist turned into more of a centrist, um, what centrist safe to say, independent conservative. The kind of yeah thing. yeah i classify like i i have conservative values but um it, it's a bit more complex than that it's just an easy shorthand basically so i, I, I label myself conservative <laughs> now did you did you used to label yourself like were you a leftist like full-on um I don't know. I, so Crazy I, I i called myself liberal but i was i was way farther left than i even realized so really how do <laughs> yeah. what do you mean how how really how? Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of uh, naive when it came to a lot of these things and okay. just went along with a lot of ideas that I heard also. Um, and so basically I started out as a liberal um, and then it just kind of kept morphing and I didn't really realize it. You know what I mean? Okay. It just seemed normal to me. A lot of people around me um, kind of spoke the same way and a lot of things I saw online were, were along the same alley that I was on. And then when I really started kind of going through the process of analyzing all my views, I was like, whoa, like I, I was getting like radicalized basically. Really? So, yeah. And what, so what was your mindset during that? This is kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Like, did you just think that it was like normal? Did you think that this was the, like the, yeah. the radical ideology was just normal, maybe just because of where you were, who you were around? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, my, my background, I grew up um, 
basically like just it just had a, a hard life uh grew up really poor also so a lot of like all of the social programs and, and the socialized healthcare and education and all that stuff i was a hundred percent on board with i was on board with um like a universal ba basic income i was a huge proponent of those types of things and then like a lot of my views like i was pro-choice but then it seemed like the longer that i was kind of in some of these like circles online, the, the, the more I was starting to justify my stance in, in the way that a lot of the, the super radical pro-choicers do. And I call that pro-abortion at this point. I don't think you're pro-choice um, past a certain point, but yeah. And so like when I, when I was going through that process of just analyzing everything and looking at all of my views again, um, I, I just realized like, wow, like I, I was a leftist, like it wasn't even just liberal anymore. And it just, it just seemed very normal. Really? Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Was there an aha moment for you where you were just like, nope, that's abortion, it's murder. Like that's, that's a bait. Like what was your aha moment? And Freedom Fighter, yeah, hold on. Freedom Fighter, thank you so much for the super sticker. I flipped my thumb. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys' support for being here. What was your aha moment? Um, In general or just on abortion? Uh, let's go with in general and then we'll get to the abortion and happy birthday. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard to pinpoint like the big moment because it just took place over time, you know, like there were there was a lot of instances where my husband was challenging what I was saying, and I I realized that I was just getting so angry about about those challenges. And then we would, we would sit down and we would watch a lot of content together and then we would discuss it. So that's how we kind of started broaching these subjects. And he wasn't conservative by any means. Mm -hmm. It all kind of started when he voted for Trump and he did okay. that as just like, uh, uh, this is different. This is new. This isn't a regular politician. Let's see what he's going to do. That was his mindset. And of course I was complete opposite and I was having a mental breakdown um, when the election got called that night. Like I was sobbing, like hysterically. It was very, it's very embarrassing. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We're, we're in recovery. A lot of, I used to be, I voted for Obama till 2016. I didn't vote. So I get it. I didn't sob, but you were that, you were, so you were like, <laughs> you were the lady in the green vest. Like, yeah, that was <laughs> That was you. People on TikTok have what? literally. You know, I don't like, even know if I can have you on my show anymore. <laughs> like, is there any? Go ahead. Sorry. No, it, it was really like that. And it's really funny that you said that because a lot of people on TikTok have specifically. I had somebody email me asking me if I was actually that person. And I was like, no, that oh, person no. looks nothing like me. <laughs> but it was no. it was really funny. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I basically I had the the view of like all Trump supporters are racist and homophobic and transphobic and all of these horrible things. They're the, the worst people you could come across. I had that view. I believed it hundred percent. And now you get, told me, go ahead, but you got, where did, so I want to go back. So where did you get mm -hmm. that view from? Like, is this stuff because you looked it up or is this because this is what you were being told? I think that's the big difference in the big shift. Yeah. So I a hundred percent firmly believe that it was the media just continuously shoving propaganda in our all of our faces, just continually, continuously pushing outright lies, manipulating the narrative at every turn, um, you know, taking everything out of context, bringing up super old things that 
that had no relevancy to to the presidency itself, which like obviously every politician, you're going to go through that anyway. But, you know, it 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 really had this impact of like all I'm hearing all the time is how bad this man is. And a lot of the people that I was around, like I wasn't online like I am now by any means, but, you know, just on my private social medias and stuff, everybody hated Trump. It was super normal. It was, it was just, you were weird if you didn't. And then you were labeled as like this horrible person basically. So yeah, I, 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 before that I didn't really care about Trump. Like I was just kind of like, oh, he's, he's kind of a jerk. Like that Mm -hmm. he's egotistical, you know, that was my view Mm -hmm. on him. But man, when, when the, the media smear campaign started, yeah, that got me. They got right into my head and convinced me. And I mean, what, there was like a couple of years of that at least. Okay. And then uh, it took, it took another few years for me to start undoing all of that. It took a full year of me looking at the picture that, that was being presented, actually going in and doing my own research, digging up all of the original clips, looking through all of that information, and then also forcing myself to listen to the other side and the other perspectives, which I hated every minute of doing. Mm-hmm. But little by little, I was like, wow, I, I'm wrong on a lot of things. Um, and that took me a very long time to even reach that point. And that's, well, and I think that's success right there. When you can start self-realizing <laughs> that Maybe this isn't, you know, this isn't right. And then admitting it too. And I think that's where we are now with the general populace, right? So we're on the other side of this. You, we're seeing how bad, you know, communism, which is what the agenda was that was being pushed really is with the inflation and all of that stuff and, and the government being so involved. But now you've got people that, you've got a lot of people that came over the walk away movement. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a second, but you've got people that are just digging their heels in still. And you could put all of the proof in front of them at, that you want, but if they don't hear it on CNN or if they don't hear it on MSNBC, like it, it just doesn't exist. Like, like Hunter Biden's laptop, right? If if, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter until MSNBC came out and said that, Oh yeah, you know what? We verified it. It didn't matter. It was a conspiracy theory up until that point. So you took you a whole year. So it took you a couple years to kind of start questioning it. And then it took you about another year to undo everything. Was there was no like one moment where it was like it just kind of clicked like hey maybe that's not so accurate or is there one no. defining maybe piece? There was on on individual issues there was um, but okay. the I mean you know I I've changed my mind and I see things for, through a, a new perspective on so many different things. There's still a few things that, that I remain, you know, the same about, um, you know, like, uh, but, but they're really minute things. It's not these huge, okay. like c- cultural, um, th- these things that have such cultural importance and political importance and, and all of that. So yeah, uh, it, it's really interesting to kind of look back and, and analyze that, but yeah, it was, it was really just, Man, like when you're in those echo chambers, when you do not go and try to even understand the other side, it's so easy to demonize. It's so easy to just put a wall up and go, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're crazy. You're a horrible person. And I don't have to listen to you. But it's also, in my opinion, a cult tactic, because if you convince everybody that the outsiders, the, the thems are 
horrible and you know it's it's essentially it's the same as like sinful it's just a different type of of virtuous it's just a different type of like moral outlook basically but it's the exact same thing as like a religious call you're doing the exact same tactics and it's very easy to just write off anybody and and it's a it's a thought stopping technique i don't have to listen to you because you're hateful I, i don't have to consider anything you're saying because you're a bad person do you feel like the right has that very similar problem? They're that? starting to. They're starting to a lot more, um, I which agree. I think it's a response. I don't think that it existed a year or two ago. I think that there, I think a lot of people, and not even just on the right, it's basically just anybody who's not a part of the woke crowd, you know, um, but it's conservatives, it's libertarians, it's centrists, it's just, you know, independents who just refuse to <laughs> claim any moniker or whatever. Right. Um, those people have been pushed to such a point and they've been demonized and told, you know, basically you're the, you're the worst people ever. I mean, during, during the C-19 uh, lockdowns and stuff, it was like you were you were grandma killers. You were, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> labeled as as the outcasts, basically, like if you didn't get the, you know, jabby jab, then then you were going to harm other people essentially and they wish death upon them and me and like, you know, all of us who, who aren't jabbed and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, I, I can't really blame you too much, but I think it's a big problem actually. I think, um, I think I'm just, I've been seeing it so much more online, the rhetoric and, Oh, they're just evil. No, man. They're like, people are brainwashed. Like that's the right. problem. Right. I think it's, it's really hard. And this is something that we've been, I don't, there are, there are words that I don't use left. Leftist is a word that I don't use. I am using it tonight because it was in your bio, uh, but leftist sheep is another word that we don't use. Uh, Democrat yeah. is something I also kind of try not to use unless we're using it in the context of this is so-and-so and they are representative of the Democrats because I feel like that just furthers the divide. But I see so many people use trigger words like that. So all of a sudden we've got the left, the, the entirety of the Democratic Party are pedophiles. They're bad. They're all bad. They're all bad. They all hate your children. They all want to, to abuse them. And then we've got the entirety of the right, which are a bunch of racist, misogynistic, terrible people, right? There's, there's these extremes on both sides and, and the extremes are the ones that are, are the loudest, unfortunately. And I feel like we're trying to get more people into this more centered ideology where it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's bad on both sides, but just because you're a Democrat doesn't mean that you're a pedophile. And just because you're a Republican doesn't mean that you're racist or you hate black people. Like, and, but there are people out there that they are just, this is what they believe. And it's not what they believe. This is what they, they are like, this is who they are as a person. And that's scary almost in a way. It's very scary. It's actually very alarming. And it's really frustrating for me as somebody who makes like I understand a lot of different distinctions and I make a lot of different distinctions. Like there are people who, in my opinion, are definitely grooming kids. Right. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. It's, it's not every teacher and it's not every it's th- that to, to make it a blanket statement like that is so frustrating because it completely actually t- it like adds more to the problem. You know, it, it's sorry. I'm having a, like my mind is just racing, but you're okay. <laughs> um, when when you when you put the, the blanket statements like that, then it creates a problem for those of us who want to make those distinctions very clear. And 
Like that's, that's exactly what everybody who is, uh, you know, amongst the woke do to me. Like they say, oh, well, because you said this one thing, that means you believe it for all of these people. Mm -hmm. No, no. Like, you know, I talk about gender ideology a lot and that comes up a lot is like, you know, I make this distinction of like trans people with dysphoria who are just trying to live their lives. And like, I can, I I respect, like do your thing, Mm -hmm. you know, but we have to draw a line of, of some very important things when it comes to biological sex. Right. And I think that there's a whole bunch of other people over here who are trying to just completely erase that. And Mm -hmm. I just make a distinction between males who are using trans as a shield in order to do something nefarious, in my opinion, you know, but people don't understand those distinctions because we, we do this. We label an entire group of people as bad because of this one thing. I'm just giving an example, but Mm -hmm. you know. Well, gays is against groomers. So conservative ant, they, they're big representatives for gays against groomers. And that's like their whole thing, right? It's because if you remember back, you probably don't remember. I remember back in the day, back in the day, if you were a homosexual, there was immediately like this connotation that you were a child molester. And I can remember them distinctly being uh, positioned as one in the same. This was back in probably early, early 90s, maybe even late 80s, kind of during the AIDS pandemic. If you were homosexual, you already had AIDS and people need to stay away from you. Don't touch it. Don't breathe on them. AIDS can be spread through your breath. I remember that happening. And that's what the gaze against groomers is, is the very, very, very concerned that we are going back to that because that is what's being pushed is you've got the drag queens in the school settings, right? Now, do all drag queens want to go to your kids to school and put on shows? No. Are all homosexuals drag queens that want to do this? No, they're not. But because of the blanket statements, like you said, it becomes a huge problem and then it becomes a witch hunt. And it doesn't matter if you are actively a drag queen in a child's school or if you were just a gay man trying to work his way at Walmart, trying to pay his bills. If they will find out, that's your head on a stick. And I think that's what we're trying to avoid. But that is the direction that we're heading if we don't get ahead of uh, kind of the socio, the societal ideology of the whole thing. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a very real chance that the pendulum is going to swing hard the other way. And I don't Mm -hmm. want that to happen either. I want, I want it to be just in the middle and people to come back to, to more reasonable positions. And it's really frustrating too, is because the left has gone so far that they, in my opinion, have created a lot of the, the, you know, far right, that they have said existed for, for years now. Right. But it's like when you, when you're, when you keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, people are pulling back and they're pulling back too far. You know, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm seeing happen. And just like you said, like, you know, it's very frustrating that people also cannot make the distinction with the whole drag thing too. Like we don't care about drag. I don't care about drag. I've gone Mm -hmm. to drag shows. I've had a, a super fun time. It's been great in an adult environment. (laughs) with adults like it has no nothing to do with the drag part it's involving kids in all of this and i i think it's just it's just snowballing it's getting like because it's it's because the right is not even the right but because people are fighting back against it the left is still going to keep pushing and they're going to keep going farther and farther and they're not a lot of people just don't even realize what they're supporting in my opinion i think they think that oh i'm tolerant and i'm inclusive and i'm being a good person by allowing all of this when in reality like no dude like but they're not they're not that's i'm seeing that an awful lot too so they're saying that there there's a lot of talk about this the left is being inclusive they're 
they want to accept everybody. They want everybody to be loved and everybody to be treated equal. But then these people will come into my comments and say some of the most vile and terrible thing. I have never had death wished upon me as much as I have had in 2020 to 2022 with the, when I announced that I wasn't going to wear a mask, which is still ridiculous to me, the amount of, of people who politicized it immediately and not only then wish death upon me, wish death upon my family and my children that put my address out. Like you want to preach about, this is where I struggle, but I struggle with this on the right too, because the right, they all talk about, we want unity and we want accountability and we want this. But then in my comments section, they're like, Democrats are all pedophiles. Well, the Democrats and the sheep and blah. And it's like, okay, no, you don't, you don't want any of these things. You're just projecting whatever the hell it is you're so, cause I think a lot of this comes back to people's personal trauma. And so now they've found an outlet for their own personal bullshit and that's through politics. Yeah, I think that's very real. Um, and I think that's exactly what I did. That's why I got so angry. I was already, I was already angry. I was already real mad, like about, oh, yeah. about a bunch of stuff that didn't have anything to do with politics. But I, you know what I did? I, I used that as like a funnel to just mm -hmm. put fuel into, you know, and mm -hmm. no, like I, I hate the whole sheep thing. I hate the whole, like, I just don't do that. I just don't. I, I it's like devolving in my opinion, because I'm not here to call people names. And, I, you know, the past, I would say the past like two, two months or so I've gotten real, just real frustrated, you know, like, and it's because, you know, it, it's very clear that most people are reasonable people, right? But you get into these online spheres, you get into these echo chambers, you get into a place where people have total anonymity and, you know, even if they have their name and their face on their profile, but generally the people who say the worst things to me, they don't have their name anywhere. They don't have their photo up. They don't want people to know who they are because they want to be able to say things and not have any consequences for it, which is the entire, like, it's the antithesis of this support of cancel culture that people on the left are doing so frequently. Well, if you say anything that's out of line, cancel them. If you say anything that's out of line, make sure to deplatform them. But yet you come in other people's comment sections, you like, I've gotten some of the worst DMs and people who will just sit there and continuously every single day, DM me, DM me, DM me. And, you know, I'll find it after they've done this for a week straight and look at it like, bro, you are unhinged. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't talk to people like this. I don't go and message people. There's there's something within you that is very upset and you need to, like, handle that. But, right. you know, people just they just use it to fuel them. They just project it all over. So Ashley mm -hmm. says, do you think that they're shoving this so a hate crime will start the next summer of love like with George Floyd? Uh, <laughs> I think it's possible. I don't, you know what? I We used to guess, but I don't even want to guess anymore. I don't even know. I have no idea what's coming next. Aliens? Probably. <laughs> I that's it. That's all we've got left. We were talking backstage about how aliens, you, you had looked into the theory that aliens had built the pyramid. Now I looked in this theory that there was going to be an alien invasion sometime in this next five or six years, or it's a supposed alien invasion. So this was going to be like the next scare tactic, right? It's probably aliens. I don't know. Thoughts. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, there's a whole bunch of crazy conspiracy theories out there, man. And I, I, I like thinking about them. I give credence to them for a few minutes or whatever. And then I keep going. Cause like, you know, yeah. I don't know th this whole thing, like 
there's a new phobia every day. And that's an interesting thing, in my opinion. And so many things are being conflated with like being, you know, a, a, some type of ist or some type of phobic, which just it, like you're erasing the entire meaning of those words in, in the same sense. You're making these words fit things that are just reasonable stances, you know, or just right. a different perspective. And I think it's actually created an environment where people, you can't share an idea if it goes against the narrative. And that's exactly, you know, a lot of people think it's like, it's very constructed, but I think it's just, this has just happened. Um, like there's times where I'm like, is it all, is it all constructed? Like, and I get real like conspiracy theory, but like, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, I I don't think there's like a mustache twirling villain in the background going, we're going to plan this out and we're going to make sure to do this and that. I think this is just what has happened and people allowing too much. Like there's too tolerant. <laughs> right. So this people speculation. I thought we had another question here. Cross my fingers. The alien slow him down. Well, and it's it's interesting because I've, I'm called a conspiracy. The, the whole reason I am, I proclaim myself to be a conspiracy theorist from the beginning is because I wouldn't wear a mask. That's immediately what people went to, which I thought was interesting that I was a, I was a science denier and a conspiracy theorist because I felt like COVID-19 potentially was renamed like influenza A, B, C, D just renamed COVID-19. And this is kind of what, because the, the, the flu deaths fell off the map. Right. And then all of a sudden I was called a conspiracy theorist. And I'm, to me, when like then conspiracy theorists were just those people, the people standing on New York times in the corner with our, you know, with their signs and their hats screaming for the alien invasions. That's what conspiracy theorists were to me. So to have myself be called one because I didn't want to wear a mask was kind of interesting but I ran with it and then I dove down some rabbit holes and, and now we wear it proudly. It's fine. Um, <laughs> the aliens is interesting because the government did come out. They came out and had Congress held a meeting, which is like two years ago now saying that they, that aliens exist. They had proof, but they had concerns that Russia was going to be using alien technologies that was provided to them by aliens against the United States. It was like a whole congressional hearing on a Tuesday at like noon <laughs> I don't remember. And nobody, <laughs> nobody fucking talked. I listened to the whole thing on C-SPAN. Nobody talked about it. I'm making videos about it. And everyone's like, meh. I'm like, all right, we're just over it. Okay. Then we moved on. <laughs> that was the end of the alien talk. I was like, cool. People were like, that's <laughs> not interesting. There's other no. stuff going on right now. <laughs> they were like, but Trump. And I'm like, but the election. And they're like, but this. And I'm like, but, but the aliens like this, look, they're saying you guys were right. You crazy people were right. Game oh, that's over. Wild. That's wild. I it was, have to look that it up. was the most boring ass thing I've ever watched in my whole life. It's on YouTube. You can still find it. <laughs> Hell, I think it's in our playlist of stuff. Kind of like the heart attack gun one. That was just, I don't, whatever. This is why, this is why people don't pay oh, attention yeah. though, is because they make things so damn boring. So mm -hmm. people, we watched the speaker of the house, the longest four days of my whole life. We streamed it live. Yeah. I, watch I, I this shit. Nobody wants to watch this. God, I tuned into like terrible. part of that. I think on like Tim Cast was doing a segment on it or something, and they were yeah, just he was. It, like their commentary was hilarious, you know. And mm -hmm. I was just like, yeah, I wouldn't be able to just watch this. Like, I just like I like to like get you know, I like to wait till the dust settles for pretty much anything, and then go back and be like, okay, what happened? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I've just never been one of those people who I'm like, I'm gonna watch it live, and I'm gonna unless it's like super. I don't know. I'm super, super interested in it. Or, you know, I, I think it's really, really critical, but 
Yeah, that whole thing. I was like, yeah, we'll see how how many ballots they go through and how long this freaking thing. I was I was looking up the history of like how how many times um, how many ballots have been gone through before a speaker was chosen, like within history. And it's like 113. Yeah, 116 or something like that. It took like two months and that was like forever yeah. ago. And I was like, what the heck? Like, could you imagine it back years then ago. though? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like. But they, they counted it with like by hand and they, yeah. everybody, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I don't know. We, everybody was just super, we were super interested. I was super, Fancy Nancy is in my top five of most hated people when it comes to the swamp. Fancy Nancy is like number three just because of the ice cream thing and the hair thing and the COVID thing. But so we watched it and it, there was some, there was some interesting parts. There's no doubt about it. One guy, the guy from Kentucky lunged at Matt Gates, like you guys, but oh, then, yeah. but with all that being said, it lends credibility to like, you guys are no better than we are. You're no better than, than you're just, this whole thing is just fake, like political theater. So I've like, actually do you even care? really, yeah, I've gotten yeah. really frustrated with seeing how politicians act especially online and towards each other. And I'm like, you guys are supposed to be examples of how to communicate effectively with one another and how to handle yourself with like some amount of like grace and dignity and like mm-hmm. poise. And like, you know what I mean? Just because like you're our representatives, you you should be doing this um, and, and trying to make the best of it and, and be positive and all of that. And no, like y'all just get right down in the, in the, in the weeds on everything. And you, you Mm -hmm. sling crap at each other and you talk, you talk shit on the internet, just like any, I'm over it. Like none Mm -hmm. of these people are actually representatives of any of us. And it, it, it's so, it gets like overwhelming for me to think about how big the government has gotten and how corrupted everybody in it is. And people frequently ask me like, Oh, are you going to go into politics? I'm like, no, there's not a chance because everyone who enters that arena is is just corrupted anyway and there's so many different aspects to that and no i I, i'm not gonna put myself through that we debate i contemplated it for a month i contemplated running for a seat in my local but then i went and i met chuck grassley my so chuck grassley is our state senator and this was back in 2020 right after the election right before right after and everybody loved Chuck Grassley. My following loved him. He was part of the, the Q stuff. They loved him because it was trust crust cat. So I was like, but I'm going to go meet Chuck Grassley, right? I went and met Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley is a crotchety old man. Had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I'd asked a couple questions about election fraud, election security, when it comes to our elections here in the great state of Iowa, and, and voice my concerns along with the concerns of my people. Uh, and he's like, the only way we're going to get around this is to make sure that we vote the Democrats out. And I looked at him fucking dumbfounded. I am like, I can't believe you just pitched me some kind of divisive uh, electoral campaign. I am asking, like, it was a legit, I had it written down in in a very legitimate manner. To It didn't sound, you know, and I was ready for this. And he dismissed, and and right then and there, I'm like, I'm not going into politics. I, I'd rather just talk shit about it on the internet. Um, understanding that the majority of it is political theater. Now, the problem with the political theater stuff, the problem with the, the excessiveness, right, where you're talking about, like, the, it's just, it's crazy how they go at each other. It's almost, but then it lends credibility to, well, then who is really representing the people? Who is really? So then you start going into, like, a deep state or you start to going into, like, the shadow government. And that's where a lot of those theories start to stem from because these people cannot be running our country. They can't even control themselves on the on the house you know on the the house of congress floor 
and they're only there twice a week. You can't sit for eight hours and not beat the hell out of each other. There's, you know, and so then, then the conspiracy theories start to kind of take off because it's like, people just don't believe it. And I don't blame them. I, I don't believe it either. I just don't know what else it could possibly be. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I've thought about like getting involved in like my local, my local stuff here. I live in a really small town. And I think like in the event that like my kids end up going to public school for some crazy reason at this point, <laughs> there's a lot of reasons I don't want my kids going into, into public school. Right. Um, aside from like the ideology component, it's just, I just don't think it's conducive actually to a lot of kids education. But anyway, if they did, I would like go and, and try to get a seat on like the school board or like be involved in that way and be mm -hmm. like just right there and at least providing another, um, you know, voice for that. But we'll see when we get there. I think I'm just going to homeschool anyway. So, <laughs> but yeah, like, we, home, it, we homeschool for a year and then my kids want to go back to school. So there, so we moved into a very small town, very small town. And they loved the school here in this town. They didn't make the kids wear masks. They didn't do any of that shit. So I was like that, just like you said, not all schools are like that. And ours happens to be not one of them. So yeah. We still got a few years. So I got to, we got to scope it out. The things I'm hearing about that are going on in middle school is very concerning in my opinion, but um, just in my area, but like uh, okay. there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, young girls who are saying that they're, you know, non-binary that they, there's young girls who are saying they want binders to do male cosplay and like, a lot of that kind of stuff. And it, I, I, again, I live in a really small town. Like it's, that's, and it's like an entire friend groups of, of mm -hmm. young, you know, just dressed on the cusp of like teen, you know, being teenagers. And I'm like, man, that's, that's concerning in my opinion. Like, I don't know, but yeah, again, because, but there's, so there's the, they're like, that's like you said, there's the people that are legitimately, cause the whole gender ideology, the whole being born in the wrong body. It, it, it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. It does happen. We've seen it's, but it's one of those instances where it doesn't happen that often, or maybe it doesn't really happen, but you didn't really hear about it. But now everybody does it because it's the cool thing to do. The problem with the cool thing to do is that you start taking hormones, you start taking that kind of stuff that leaves permanent damage to your body. This isn't like a piercing that you can get mm -hmm. in middle school, you know, that you can take out. This is permanently altering your body's DNA and yep. its ability to do whatever God was made it to do. And I think a lot of kids are using it for clout now because it's being made the cool thing. And I think that's the agenda behind a lot of it. And that's scary. Yeah. And he, there's a lot of factors in, into this too, is I think a lot of very common things that, you know, when you're a kid and you're going through a bunch of changes, like you're going to be uncomfortable at some point and you might mm -hmm. be really uncomfortable, you know, like there was a period when I was like 10, I wore boy, boy clothes for an entire year. Like I just, I, I would get I mad my whole yeah, like or I would get legitimately mad if somebody bought me like a dress or something like that, just because I didn't want to wear it at that time. I went right back to like being, I don't know, somewhat feminine, like the next year, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's just one of those things. It's like, that's completely normal, but I think it's being equated to dysphoria now. And so many kids are thinking that their normal feelings about themselves and the changes they're going through in puberty, that that's just dysphoria. And so now they have to completely change who they are. And I, the whole like premise born in the wrong body, I think is still actually wrong. I think that yeah. it's, it's, it's gender dysphoria. Cause like, in my opinion, okay. So if you have gender dysphoria, that means you are uncomfortable with various aspects of your own body. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to be the opposite sex. 
It just means that there's something going on in your brain um, that is misaligning with your body. It's much like, in my opinion, uh, body dysmorphia. It's very similar to that from, from all that I've read and seen and stuff and all the symptoms. And I think, uh, I think that even that premise of you must be born in the wrong body is just kind of flawed in that aspect. Like there's no cure for it. Obviously you can go through therapy, but you can still really struggle with it. And some people just choose to transition as adults and like do it. Like I'm a very, I have actually a lot of libertarian views in that aspect of like live your life however you want, but there's a point where, where we have to kind of like draw a line in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, just because like what we're seeing now is like a social contagion, basically. We, we, we can't, right. we can't be running off the rails. Five-year-olds. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of where we are now is they're, they're like California has laws in place that you can, if your kid wants to have this surgery at like eight or 10, mm -hmm. that they're able to mm -hmm. do so. And, and it's not considered child, you know, and I think a lot of parents too are, are, it's that's what sucks. And what's like, think back when I was a kid, I was a tomboy as a kid, like this is what I did. And and if my, if, if I was a kid now versus then and my, the way my mother, mother shipwreck was, I really believe that there would have been a point where I probably would have been on, put on some kind of, cause she would have loved the idea of having a transgender child, you know, or some, some kind of, cause she loved that kind of attention. And I could mm -hmm. see a lot of parents doing the exact same thing. They just, they, it's almost like they're living vicariously through their children as some kind of weird social justice. Well, I mean, like, look, look at all the people who put their kids online for millions of people to see. They get millions of followers. And there's people who mm -hmm. have pulled their kids out of school and started homeschooling them specifically so they can make content and have the kids involved in there so that they're not missing eight hours a day. Like it's, it's child exploitation in many ways when you're doing it and you're putting your kid in the public eye. And I'm not and like, that's even aside from like the whole, the whole transgender thing. But when, when you add all of these elements together, it's like, this is, this is for attention. And it's almost in my opinion, like, similar to like Munchausen by, by proxy when yes. these parents are, are putting all of this on their kid. And like, there's that case of um, the guy in Texas with his son and the mother is like a doctor. And like, they, yep. they just made the headlines again, not too long ago, a couple of days ago, I think, or last week or something, but, and she's like running away to California with him and, and mm -hmm. his brother. Cause the, and they have twin boys. It's just like, Obviously, this woman had something in her that wanted a daughter that wanted and it, it may, makes me like I have twins and it makes me so angry, like just so incredibly angry to like think that this is what you're doing. You, This is what you're putting your child through, you know, like mm -hmm. you, you can't do this for yourself it has nothing yeah. to do with your kid. It's for you, mm -hmm. for yourself, for your clout, for your content. Mm -hmm. I yep. think and I think it's child abuse. Yeah. I mean, I just saw, like, I'm in a, uh, I go into a lot of like different forums and stuff and just read. Like, I just, I just like to know what people are saying when they think that like, you know, nobody else is like really <laughs> seeing it because people, people right. like change, you know, that they, what they're doing. Um, but a lot of those like subreddits and stuff, people just, they just say it all. But there was one specifically that had like a mother, I saw it was screenshots. So I can't like verify a lot of this, but it was a mother who had said that she was, her daughter was trans. So she was going to put the daughter on uh, testosterone, but the daughter had like a chronic illness and the doctors advised her against it. And she's like, yeah, I'm still going to do it and just see how it goes. And it's just like, yeah. no, you're putting your child's health at risk even further 
for this because and she said that this this child told her a month prior that she was trans it's like right so you just found out a month ago and you're just going all in like no this is not responsible this is not this is the furthest thing from responsible. what is but what doctor out there is allowing this to happen too my our big fight too is like big pharma and these doctors mm-hmm. specifically since covid what doctor in their right mind would prescribe this and why why would you not ask questions why would this not be considered child abuse how do you not see the signs when everybody else on the internet can like and then you just i, I don't get i think um i mean i think our medical industry has become completely corrupted by money primarily it makes the world go around you know but like mm-hmm. there's so many instances of i don't know the, the more that i look at stuff it's like every ailment you go in prescription, medication, this, that, but it comes with all these side effects comes with this whole laundry list of side effects that you got to watch out for, or that you're not properly informed about anyway. And a lot of people will get put on stuff and they'll find out from just Googling it themselves about a side effect that they weren't informed of that mm-hmm. it has been a symptom that they've been telling their doctor and the doctor's just writing them another prescription for something else. It's just like, mm-hmm. we, we're, we're so overdrugged and overstimulated and overeating and like, I just saw a thing, uh, an article saying that they were going, they were advising that children who are suffering from obesity pursue medication and surgery as opposed to just a diet. Like, and they were mm-hmm. say, framing this in a way that like, we need to intervene right now. It's they're doing that fear tactic of like, this is an emergency. You have to intervene right, right now. And there's nothing else that could be possibly help them. It's like exercise. That, that'd be like right. number one. Like well, we used, there used to be campaigns about setting kids up for sports and making sure they had healthy diets. And I mean, the food pyramid's a joke, right? We all know that now, but at least they tried. They there wasn't it wasn't just automatically surgery or automatically medications. Another problem with medications is a lot of times when they put you on medications for various different things, such as weight loss, the medication doesn't take care of the core issue of the problem. It just takes care of the symptom and then causes you five other problems on the side of it. We are so over. I it took me so long to learn that, that medications that you're prescribed by doctors only take care of the symptoms of the ailment to which you complain. It doesn't actually take care of the reason that the ailment is there to begin with. And I only learned this because I had some problems with my shoulder. And he's like, well, I'm going to give you a cortisone shot. And I'm like, well, what's the problem with my shoulder? He's like, well, I don't know, but the cortisone shot will make it stop hurting. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, what if it's going to come back if we don't figure out? And he's like, nope, it'll be. And I didn't get it, but And I can think of like at least 10 other examples over my lifetime where that's happened. I've gone into the doctor. They gave me medications for what I was, you know, what I was complaining about, but they did nothing to figure out why it was there, headaches or anything like that. So let me just stop going to the fucking doctor and I just Google things now. It's probably cancer, brain tumor, (laughs) probably diet. We got real spiritual with it. And they were like, it's fine. We all are heads in a jar anyway. It don't matter. Dang. It's just really frustrating to me because I do, I do think that there is some sort of aspect of like, I don't think doctors are consciously doing it. I think it's something that is very much learned in like med school and the longer you're a doctor and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, like there there's, I just, I just can't think that every single person, like, you know, all these doctors are out here being malicious. I think that there's a lot of doctors who just don't realize like, maybe there's a better way or, you know, again, there, there's probably several doctors who 
just just see the money signs. Just the more the more things, the more patience that I have, the more money I make. And if I actually solve their problems, if I actually treat their issues, then I don't have a patient anymore. They'll just you know, it it's it's very frustrating for me because like there's definitely again, I try to give like credence to a lot of like conspiracy theories. And a lot of them, I'm like, that could be, that could be super true. Um, but mm-hmm. I generally tend to err on the side of people typically aren't malicious and people are typically just ignorant. Like I think I would go with are... ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Like... I, I, I would ignorant doctors maybe, but after what I experienced on TikTok over COVID, I'm not so sure, man, we had doctors come at us left and right. Holy balls. And they were yeah, just terrible. Thing. Yeah. They it, sent me a cease really and desist intense. order. I was like, what are you really? doing? You're, yeah. Like what? And then they banned my account. It didn't matter, but they were really like, they were calling people. People were like, well, why do we have to, why, how is this mask going to help us if we can smoke through like how, and they would yeah. call them out, call them all kinds of names. And these were legitimate doctors from legitimate places. But like we went and found out where they worked. We didn't put it out there, but we went and found out they were legitimate doctors from legitimate places. And they were making fun of all of these people. And my whole, I guess my whole faith, I've been in and out of the, the medical community forever. I guess my whole faith in the whole system is just shot at this point. I'd rather just roll the dice unless my legs cut off. I better go somewhere then. But like, yeah. I think that's another thing to your point. I think we go to the doctor for every little thing. I think you mm-hmm. get like a little bit of chest pain instead of automatically thinking, oh, this might be an anxiety attack or, oh, maybe some indigestion. We automatically go to heart attack. And I'm not saying don't because heart attacks are bad. But we automatically go to the doc- doctor's like, oh, you got anxiety. Here's some anxiety meds. And then your hair starts to fall out. And then it's like, oh, well, take this. This is going to help your hair grow back on top of the anxiety. And then before you know it, you're taking seven different medications. When all it would have mm-hmm. taken is some deep breathing and maybe a 10-minute shower and you would have been fine. Well, you know what's really frustrating too is like I actually have pretty, uh, pretty severe anxiety. And it gets worse depending on what is going on in my life, you know, like if it's super stressful and, or something crazy is happening or, you know what I mean? Um, but like generally like it's, it's situational. So like if I'm in a car, like I have really bad anxiety and in, in cars, driving, traveling, that kind of thing. Um, but people are there, especially in the mental health aspect, it's just, there's no focus on, okay, what is the root cause of this problem? How can we help right. alleviate the root cause? How can we help you, you know, give you the skills to, to figure out how to like ground yourself better? Like a, a lot of people with anxiety, if you just learned a bit, some grounding techniques um, or, you know, you can calm Meditate. down. Yeah. Or like, just honestly, just like turn, turn off all of the things, like turn off your, your headphones and all the noise in the room and just sit in silence for like five minutes. You'll probably feel a little bit better. Like go outside, take a walk. You'll probably feel better. Like stuff like that. And it's just really frustrating to me that like so many people live in misery when they do not have to, and then they get medication, which only causes them more misery. And I think, I think it's, it's, you know, when you tell somebody who's like depressed or has really severe anxiety, like, Oh, just get some exercise. It's really easy to say that and them to take it like, but I can't help it. It's like, no, bro, like you can, and you can help make your life better. And I think, I think a lot of people need to start approaching things from a much more compassionate standpoint. And it's like, you know, we can all struggle with that quite a bit, especially with some of these topics and just the way, the way that people get treated, like the way I get treated can make me really salty sometimes. And I just have to kind of keep reminding myself that these are strangers on the internet. They don't know me. They don't know Mm -hmm. like who I actually am. Um, And I think when I started really blowing up, of course, like 
I started getting a whole lot of, of people who did not like me and like people yeah. who will fo follow me and watch every single one of my videos just to, just to say mean shit in the comments. I think that's just such a waste of time. And I don't know, the longer I do this, the more I'm like, bro, these people just, it's just kind of sad to me. Like, I don't hate watch people. Yeah. That's so weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, I, yeah, I think, um, I think that's people when you're, when you're, when you're in your head too much and you're really going through it, um, it's really easy to get like offended at someone who's like, bro, take a walk. But like, seriously, no, just like take a walk. Like you'll feel so much better, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I literally that's, 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 that's all it is, is if to go for like a 10 minute, it does you, and you, you convince yourself that it's not going to help until you do it. And I think, I think you're right. I think that's where a lot of people, they go wrong and then they take it really personally. Right. It's just like somebody who is overweight. They don't like being called overweight or called obese. That's like the new thing now, right? They're trying to normalize obesity. And I don't, I don't necessarily, cause being obese isn't necessarily being healthy. I'm not saying that you need to be fucking Jillian Michaels, but I'm saying if you're Lizzo size at 600 and whatever pound, like that is not healthy. But if you dare say that, my God, the people will come for you. And it's like, mm -hmm. she's going to eat herself to death. Like you can't help. She needs to, if she doesn't <laughs> like the size, she needs to go for a walk. She needs to not take that personally. And actually she'll feel better. People take a lot of things really personally nowadays. It seems like. Well, and it's, it's really weird to me. I made a, a video on Lizzo and I, it was like when she gave that speech about, you know, uh, vote for the vote, these laws out that are oppressing us or something along those lines. And all I did was I gave a complete like little summary of a, her background to show that she was brought up in like a well-to-do like family mm -hmm. and, and had a, yep. a really good upbringing. And then I just said at the end, like, how are you oppressed? And, you know, those comment sections got wild. It was people like I don't comment on people's appearances. I don't comment on their on their like anything like that because it's not it's wasted my time. It's like I don't need to make mm -hmm. fun of you or anything like that. That's just silly, in my opinion. And it's just a shitty thing to do. Um, but, you know, people somebody was mad. I didn't take my video on YouTube down because the comments were a bunch of people making fun of her appearance. I'm like, I didn't write that, bro. That's not on me. Like. Right. People can say what they want to say and they're going to, and some people are freaking mean and I don't like that. I don't promote it. And I would hope that people wouldn't do that, but like, I'm not going to take my video down because of what other people have said. And they were trying to like that whole, like you're responsible for your audience's reaction. Yes. It's like, unless you're directly calling for something or saying, go make fun of this, like go harass this person. No, like I'm nobody's responsible for it for what other people do or say or, or what have you. I just think that's ridiculous. But yeah, no, like the whole obesity thing actually really frustrates me because you see these people who are like three, four, 500 pounds saying that they're completely healthy and normal. And what's, I actually thought of this the other day. It's like, okay, so somebody who's just a little bit overweight could look at that and go, okay, that's clearly super obese. That's like morbidly obese. So I'm fine because I'm not that. But meanwhile, right. they might have health issues. They might have joint problems. They might have other things that they're just going to ignore because, well, I'm not that bad. So I think it's actually creating like just more of the the problem of like people are kind of looking at that and go, well, I'm good. Like, I don't need to improve my health. Meanwhile, they might feel like crap and then go to the doctor and like get all these medications. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this right. snowball effect that happens. I know. Well, and I think that's done on purpose. That's the societal, like, I think it's done on purpose. And it's, it's irritating because- it's done by our politicians, like our politicians, the representatives that they are the ones that are pushing for a lot of this. And a lot of this really came to light over COVID-19, the whole ideology that I am responsible for other people's health. 
blew my fucking mind. What do you mean that I am responsible for my neighbor's health? I'm not going to wear a mask, but you know what? I'm respectful. I will wear, I will stand six feet. I'll wash my hands. I will stay out of large groups of people because no, I don't want to wear a mask, but I'm not going to wear a mask in my house. I'm not going to wear them. The idea, the, the idea that I am responsible for the health of the masses blew my mind. And then people's reaction when I said that I wasn't um, also because then I was self and racist, which mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. racist conspiracy theorists, like all of these trigger words, these names. And I'm like, just sitting in my house. I hadn't gone anywhere in a month because we couldn't go anywhere because I wasn't wearing a mask. I was a pain in the ass about it. I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask at a Target, I'm not wearing a mask at a Hy-Vee. Well, just order groceries. I'm not leaving. But people were so. It's it's people they they lack the self accountability, but they expect other people to be accountable for other people. My the followers mm-hmm. included, like well, I've gotten a lot of that too. They're like, she tells her followers, I've never once ever, except one time with the guy from Trapped. Fuck that guy. Go get him. I hate that guy. Never have I ever sent my followers after people. I don't even think I sent anybody after him. I just, I made the video that I made and he got really mad about it. But that, that whole, then that's when I realized too, that we are seriously broken as a society. Like y'all are mentally ill. If I'm selfish because I'm going to put me first over you. So I'm sorry, but my health is more important than yours. Cause if I'm not healthy, how the hell am I going to take care of you? That doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Broke. That whole I think, you know, I think, uh, I think C-19 was one of the biggest tests and most of us failed. Like most, most people failed. And it's really interesting. I had a completely different 2020 experience because that was the year that my kids were born and they were born 10 weeks early. Um, and so like the, the week that we went into a state of emergency, like that was the week I had them. Um, and it, it was insane. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And it, makes me really, really angry to go look back and see how much fear mongering there was, how mm-hmm. much, like, that's all I felt. And it, it was, it was more than just having preemies, just having twins, just having them in NICU. It was this constant fear that I was going to get sick. And then who knows how long I would have like not been able to see them for like at the time it was like two week minimum quarantine. And then they probably would have added time onto that because they're preemies and all of this. And like, that would have been crazy. And then if they were to even get a cold, like they could have died and it was just insane. And so it's like, I, I wore my mask. I, I, I was, I was crazy. And I like wore gloves without realizing you were a new mom. I would have been too. And it, it really, it, that's what makes me angry. It's like a lot of people too will be like, Oh, you're one of those anti-maskers. It's like, no, bro. I, I, I did all the things I did all of the things except, except the jab. Um, and, and it it didn't do anything. It didn't help anyone. And I never even got it until like last Christmas. I got it a year ago. Wasn't one that bad. (laughs) No, I got it. Yeah. I got it a year ago. I never got tested. I just, I assumed that's what it was. I was pretty sick, but I was sick again this year with the same flu and it's the same flu I got in the nineties. Like, and this, it goes back to this. Everybody goes to the doctor for the smallest little things. Then you add that little bit of fear in there. Hey, listen, if you can't taste or smell anything, it's co- like, it's this, this new symptom. And it's only with this bitch. I've had a cold every year since 1986. And every time I get a cold, 
I can't taste anything and I can't smell anything. And it's been that and it stays that way for a couple of months because it takes time for your sinuses to clear it. I guess. I don't know, but it's always been oh, that see, way. Dude, my, my, uh, <sighs> my sense of smell and my taste are, are still messed up. Like they're oh, still weird. Yeah. It's like yeah. peanut butter. I can't enjoy it anymore. It's weird. There's, there's a lot of things that smell all the same and it's not good things to like associate with one another. Like it's just a bunch of weird stuff like that. Like I couldn't, I couldn't taste or smell anything for like a month, maybe two. Mm -hmm. I started to get nervous. I was like, please return. Cause I couldn't eat anything. Like when you can't right. taste anything, I'm like, bro, I can't enjoy anything anymore. Which was like, partially I was like, well, okay. Like, I mean, <laughs> Okay. Oh, man, that, <laughs> that bikini out like Lizzo. That's good. We just talk about potty positivity. We about to solve some problems over here. Like that's, <laughs> but um, luckily it returned. <laughs> so because I I I do like my my sense of taste. But yeah, no, mm -hmm. like, but if that's the worst thing, if that's the worst thing, I'm fine with it. Like, it's it was it, the whole thing, the whole thing. And you know what's funny is they actually almost got me with. With all the propaganda, I was starting to be like, maybe we should just go get the jab. Maybe we should just go get it. It was the week, that week I had started like breaking and I started considering it. And then Biden came out and said, we're going to, we're going to mandate. And I said, nope. I said like, it was, I'm so glad he announced that when he did, because I just went, oh no, no, no. Like there's, there's no reason for this to be mandated. Like, why would you do that? Why would you be forcing people to get this? And it just, my mind started going and I was like, mm -mm, there's something, there's something weird. There's something off. I don't trust it anymore. And it was just that. And I like, you know, it's funny to me. It's like, it's really hard sometimes to, to figure things out. And I don't, you know, I don't blame people for going and get it. I don't blame people for not wanting to sacrifice their job and their entire lives and being scared, being scared for their kids. Like, again, like I was a new mom and that's what kept like fueling my fear even more. It's like, I have two little kids. I have two babies. I need to do the best things for them. And so I really, really sympathize with people on this issue, but now we're seeing crazy things going on and people dropping and so many athletes just randomly dropping. And it's, it's just really, really concerning in my opinion. And I'm not going to like, you know, say if, if it's one thing or the other, but man, like, come on, come on. Like it's getting too, there's things, there's things happening. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, it's, in, it's interesting that the shoe flipped on a lot of this too, right? So when we used to say, uh, when we used to question things before, people would automatically call us conspiracy theories or, you know, no, it's not. So we question things now. People are like, listen, it doesn't matter what it was. You should just pray for his family. And it's like, listen, listen. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Damar Hamlin was the big one with this. If you guys are, and then yeah. the young lady, we're going to talk about her tomorrow out of Canada too. She had a stroke live on TV, triple jab. Was it? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not a doctor, right? We don't know. Probably not. Yes. Anyway, so Mar Hamlin had his incident and he's going to be okay. It sounds like he's being discharged. Thankfully, he's going to be just fine. But I, I questioned it. People got big mad. They were like, even like my, my, my conservative friends were like, hey, we're so cold and callous. It's like, listen, People were asking for my vaccination status to go into McDonald's. Okay. No, I, I'm going to question all of it. Every single one, every single time. And that is okay to do. We need to normalize the, the idea of questioning when young, healthy athletes 
drop dead or have strokes or have heart attacks on the field during a game on live TV. You should be questioning it. The reason we're in the position that we're in now, the reason that this is happening in the first place is because it was taboo to ask things like that. We're untabooing it. I don't know if that's a word. I'm making it a word. We're untabooing it. I can pray for Demar Hamlin's family and him and hope he's all right and still be like, hey, was he vaccinated? Like, did this was this caused by his his status or was this something else, an underlying condition? Like, it's okay to ask this, and we're going to ask it, and you can just die mad. Like, I don't care. But we really need to normalize being able to ask that question without being condemned as cold-hearted and well. You know people. what's in- incredible to me is people will say that kind of stuff. Oh, you're this, you're cold-hearted and you're horrible and you and you're all of this, but yet. It's a lot of the same people who will sit there and say that a baby isn't a baby if it's unborn and just advocate for crazy things like that. It's like, bro, like you act like you care in so many different concepts, but then we talk about some of the most vulnerable people of our species and it's, they're not humans and they don't mean anything. And that's really frustrating for, Mm -hmm. for me. It's like, if you value life, value all of it. Don't value Mm -hmm. it just because it's not born yet. Like it's still human life. It's uh, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is people act like they care so much in reality. Like again, it's not all of the same people, but it's always a lot of them. (laughs) It's a, what do they call it? Virtue signaling. It's a lot of like, it's a lot of virtue Mm -hmm. signaling, but then behind closed doors, you're a shit person. The reality is man. It's that whole thing with like the, the, you know, trust the science, follow the science. And if you question the science, then you don't believe in science. It's like science is literally made to be questioned. That's the entire point of it. It's the entire point. That's how we get scientific developments is that, hey, uh, do we think we have this correct? Maybe maybe it's not right. Maybe I have this theory here and let's test it and let's test it again and let's replicate it and let's make sure that we're all getting the same results every single time. That's what science is. It's It's supposed to change and evolve. And there's some science that is like, like human development and the human body and, and, and certain aspects like that. Like we're, we're pretty solid on that. Like new, new developments come, come about every so often, you know, and we le- learn more things and we just expand our knowledge, but it doesn't completely negate what we've already learned about certain aspects. But when it comes to like human development, people want so badly to twist and turn all of that around, but yet, you know, something that is just brand new and we're all learning about and we're trying to figure out well, we're supposed to trust that hundred percent all of the time. No, thank you. That's absolutely insane. That's a cult. (laughs) It is. That's a cult. That's a cult complete with mask uniforms. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you. With that, my friend, Ashley, we are at the top of our hour. And usually at the end of the hour, I give my guests an opportunity to share something with everyone. Uh, If you had the world's attention for the next 30 or so seconds, what would you say? Oh, geez. Oh, that's a lot. Um, I would say that. that <laughs> I would say that if you think you know everything, then you don't know anything. And you should probably re uh, reanalyze a lot of your views. So I think everybody should reanalyze all of your views periodically throughout just throughout the course of your life throughout time. Um, when you learn new information, it can be really, really hard. And it can make you angry. And I think uh, I think if you just shove that aside, um, and push through it, it's 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 much better for you. Um, just, just in general, and you have a more well-rounded view. And I would also say that, um, you know, we talked a little bit about pro-life a tiny bit there, but if you're, if you're ever interested in kind of contributing to that more, there's a whole lot of really, really great pro-life organizations that you can help, uh, mothers in need and donate to them. And, and I think that's really, really crucial. Um, so, and if, uh, if anybody's ever wondering about any of those, come, come check out my pages. I'm an ambassador for one of them. So. 
Absolutely. Now, Ashley's information is listed in the description below in this live. You can go find her on YouTube. She's also on Twitter and TikTok. Are you in Instagram? She's across all the boards, just freely Ashley, and you'll find her. Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. This was a great conversation. I'd love to have you back sometime to dive more into this. This hour went by fast. Uh, yeah, and we'll just go on. You guys, thank you so much for coming out tonight. I love your faces. Tonight is Monday, meaning tomorrow is Tuesday. Tomorrow we get the nooner. We're going to talk more about Speaker of the House. We're going to talk about Margie Taylor Green. Okay. So just like what she said, come with an open mind. Be ready to change. Be ready to maybe change your mind. I don't know. We're going to talk about Margie Taylor Green a little bit. We're going to talk about the Canadian uh, journalist who had a medical emergency uh, on live TV and her status. And we're going to talk about a few other things. And that's going to be at noon tomorrow. So I hope to see you guys all there. Ashley, thanks again for coming on. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Keep her moving. Take it easy. Tell your mom I says hi. And watch out for all of those deers. Bye, guys. <laughs>